All right. Well, we're going to move right into our message for today. And um, we are in the in week three of our summer series called Testify. And the goal of this series is for you guys to get to hear amazing stories about what God is doing in people's lives. And when the Lord put this series on our heart, we felt like he was saying, there's something about when you hear a testimony that calls you into wanting it for yourself. It's like, oh, if that happened for that person, then I can have that too, right? And so we had a, a prophetic word this morning, and I loved it. Natalie shared this picture the Lord gave her of this big jar that was pouring wine, and it was just pouring out. And it took somebody to take a cup and put it under the flow to actually get to take it away. And as soon as that person took the, the cup of the wine, then there was a line of people coming to get the cup. And that's the power of testimony, right? That when you see one person going, oh, this is happening for me, then all of a sudden somebody else goes, well, I want that too. And then there's people line up before, you know, in a row to go, God, do what in, do that in me, what you're doing in that person. So last week we heard this amazing message from Makobe about just the person of the Holy Spirit and how to, how to encounter him. And so today, Sarah, our fearless worship leader, is going to be testifying, and she's going to be talking about some amazing stuff. So I'm going to pray for her as she comes up, um, and you guys just extend your hand to her. And Lord, we thank you for Sarah and everything that you're doing in her life. We bless this word that you've put in her heart. And, um, and we just ask that she would speak just definitively and boldly all the things that are on your heart for us. We bless her right now, and we open our ears and our hearts to receive your word in Jesus' name. Thank you. Hello, my friends. Goodness gracious. His presence is so good. Ah, I like, I could have just stayed in worship all day. That was incredible. And the, thank you, dancers, for rising up and for that boldness that you had to worship. That is huge. There is something so incredible when you take action and make a physical action in your worship that just brings heaven down and opens the heavens. And I'm just so, oh, I'm so excited. It is incredible. You just made my heart overflow. You made my heart overflow today. Today, I want to talk to you guys about something so awesome. Rachel nailed a lot of this. I was going to start off talking about testimony. She's spot on, so I'm just going to roll with what she said. There is power. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So what an encouraging time to come together and to be able to build on the testimony of our family. I love it. I love it. I'm so excited. So I want to talk to you today about something awesome. <laughs> I had it all planned out, this message, as soon as they told us, uh, the team, that we were going to be speaking. And I was like, oh, I know exactly what I'm talking about. And then it was like six days ago, and the Holy Spirit woke me up at 3 in the morning, and he's like, nope. I was like, no, I had it all set. But he wanted to talk about encounter, that God encounters us. God is a God who encounters us, and he loves it. He loves to encounter us. He loves to encounter you. So if you want to pull up that slide of what I, oh, he's on top of it. Thank you, sir. Encounter, I looked it up so that I would be efficient for you guys today. Encounter, A, to come upon face-to-face -face or to come upon or experience, especially unexpected. So if I were to want, if I were wanting to come and encounter Charlie, I would come face-to-face. -face. I am encountering you. I'm encountering Charles. Face-to-face, <laughs> -face, it is a sought-after thing. I went here on purpose, intentionally, to encounter you. A, A, encounter, yes? B, to come upon our experience, especially unexpected McCoby. I am I'm encountering you and everyone else because that was a little startling. <laughs> C, 
It can come both ways. God is so good. He comes when you seek after him. It is sought after, but he also comes with encounters unexpectedly. I love it. He's a God of surprises, but he's also a God of consistency. He's so good. So I want to talk about encountering. When we encounter God, let's say this, when you encounter God, you encounter God. His presence is him, right? People can say, too often, oh, I just experience the presence. I feel his presence. When you feel his presence, you feel him. He is his presence. I can't say, Krista, I really wish I could experience Krista right now. You know, her presence. She would have to be there, right? Are you with me? When you encounter him, when you encounter the peace and the joy, all these fruits of the Spirit, all these proofs of the Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit there. He is there. God is there. He is with you to encounter you. Oh, goodness. You guys, I have been so wrecked, like wrecked this whole week leading up to this because Holy Spirit has just been downloading that his heart is for every heart to encounter him today. Every heart. He doesn't want a, a single one of us to leave today without grasping on to an encounter with him that you can hold on to and you can cling to and you can take with you because he's just that good. So if I get a little emotional, I promise it's not just because I'm pregnant. It's because he's been wrecking me from the inside for, the, for today especially. So... We want to talk about, oh, goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Talk about encounters. The Bible is full, 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 full of encounters. Oh, goodness. Thank you, Lord. If I were to ask you right now what your favorite story in the Bible was, it would have some sort of God encounter in it. It would have some sort of Jesus encounter in it. It would have some sort of Holy Spirit encounter in it because that's what the Bible is. It is God. Holy Spirit wrote it, and he tells you secrets in it all the time. He wants to reveal things and encounter you through his word. Come on. If you think of encounters, I mean, there's so, so, so many. Today, I'm, I'm just I'm skipping through my notes because I'm so excited. I'm just going to roll straight with it. Straight to Moses, okay? Uh, Moses is like encounter from start to finish. In the beginning of his life in a basket, <laughs> you know what I mean? All the way to the end. It's just encounter, encounter, encounter. But I want to focus about after they were out of Egypt, and they were traveling through the wilderness, and it was, it was a regular thing for Moses to go into the tent of meeting. This is, this is what I'm going with today. He would go into the tent of meeting, which was, side note, rabbit trail, outside of the camp. So he would leave outside of the camp, leave the comfort zone, leave the home, and he would go to the tent of meeting to make a point to meet with God. Whew. When Moses went to the tent of meeting, people knew. They saw him go. And they would come and stand outside of their tents. And they would watch because they knew what was about to happen. He was about to encounter the king of kings. He was about to come and encounter Father God himself. And what happened was when he would go into the tent of meeting, it says that there would be a pillar of cloud that would hover at the entrance. When Moses went in, a pillar of cloud would hover at the entrance. As soon as he got in there. The second he got in there instantly, and it says in verse, can you pull up verse 11? Oh, you're on top of it again. Goodness gracious. It says, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. His presence was so good, Joshua had to hang back. He couldn't leave. 
It was so good. It wasn't even his encounter. It wasn't even him going in. He was just there, and he got to absorb the presence. He got to be a part of the encounter, and it wasn't even him going in the first, in, in the first place. Come on. Come on. And look, face to face, what do we just say? The Lord would speak to Moses. He would encounter Moses like a friend. Oh, that's good. We serve this. <laughs> God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. He wants to encounter you the same way he encountered Moses as a friend. Face to face, he longs for that. He wants that. It's not a far-off thing. He's not a far-off God. McCovey's message last night or last week was so good. He is a God who wants to be close to you. He doesn't want to be far. His heart is for you, and he longs for you no matter the season, no matter the state of your life, no matter what you've done. He longs to encounter you face-to-face as a friend. He's no respecter of persons. He loves you just as much as he loves Moses. Oh, you guys, I'm wrecked. I'm so wrecked. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I'm jumping through. I'm just jumping through. Oh, goodness. (sighs) I think about encounters. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I think about encounters and how... Literally sweet they can be. If you think right now in your own life, just, sorry, getting wrecked, I'm telling you. You think about your own life and encounters that you had. I mean, I'm sure you could pinpoint it. The feeling that you had, how sweet it was, how precious it was, the memory that you had of that moment. And it's like whenever, (laughs) it makes me think of whenever we gave Gavin cotton candy for the first time. You know, all your parents know, actually basically anyone in the room should know. Have you ever had cotton candy? You better all be raising your hands or we're not friends. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, can you just laugh one more time while I, you know. He's such great friends. <laughs> I think about the first time we gave Gavin Cotton candy. He was less than a year old, so if you're feeling judgy parenty, don't look at me right now. He was less than a year old, and I remember we <laughs> I gave him a little bit. Of course it was Charlie. He's like, I'm giving it to him. He gave it, he, I'm sorry, this is going to be snotty, but I'm, Charlie, I'm doing this to you again. I'm going to pretend like this kind of hate. I'm not going to put it in your mouth. But I, he, actually, I should probably hold on to it. Never mind. <laughs> He's really not going to be happy later today. I remember I gave him cotton candy, and immediately it was like time stood still. Heaven opened around him. His eyes grew to the size of baseballs, and immediately he had found his one true love of cotton candy. And he wanted more and more and more and more and more. And he literally ate so much cotton candy, y'all. It was ridiculous. It was one of the worst days of my life. He was so little and so hyped up on sugar. It was so bad. But it was a moment he tasted and he saw that it was good. Woo! Come on now. He tasted. He knew. I want me some cotton candy. That is good. And he is right. I will side with him on that. Cotton candy is the best thing probably ever created by human hands. But, yeah, you know, you know, all the five-year-olds and all of you are rejoicing with me right now. (laughs) 
He tasted and saw that it was good. We have a, a clip, if it will play, I hope. Can you imagine an encounter like that? Like you're literally reaching for a pin, and then all of a sudden you're just transformed into this whole other place. Come on, you know where I'm getting with this. I see the looks in your eyes. One encounter, she picked this up. She could have been freaked out and been like, I am never touching that again. But it drew her in, and there was this, this magnetism of, I have to know what this is. And have you guys all seen Tomorrowland? Probably mostly. Oh, you need to watch it. It's so good. So, so good. Literally, she gets to go. She finds, eventually, she finds Tomorrowland. She finds out how to get there. And it's this incredible story. But what I wanted to point out was a visual for you to see what it's like to have that encounter and to be so drawn to it. No matter how outrageous it may seem, she was in the middle of getting uh, out of jail. And then all of a sudden, she's in this beautiful field at Tomorrowland. Come on. God encounters can be just like that. Sometimes you can get a taste of it, just a glimpse of it. And it could be where you can A, walk away because it freaks you out. Or B, you can say, what was that? I need to figure this out. I need more of this. I need to get to wherever this is that I'm seeing. God encounters are like that. He wants to draw you and he wants to encounter you face to face and, and to include you in incredible things. As we're talking about as we're talking about this, I, let's see, I'm doing okay. Let's <laughs> check my time. I brought another visual because I'm a very visual person. And you guys love me and put up with me, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> okay, let's see if I get this undone. This is, would you mind holding this for me? This is your life. I don't know if someone just said that, but I heard something. This is your life. It's a very long life. You're welcome. <laughs> this is your very, very long life, which I probably made too long, but like I said, you're pretty awesome, so we're going to stick with it. Okay. You have a lot of opportunities in this life for a lot of encounters. Oh, thank you, Makobi. You know what, Makobi, you just stay right there for a second because I'm including you in this. <laughs> He's a wonderful life holder. Everyone say thank you to Makobi. Thank you. My life is in your hands. <laughs> yes, please actually stay there for a second. Okay, let's say, actually this would this be the start. Let's say that is the start of your life, okay? Or for this example, I'm going to say my life. This is the start of my life in Makobi's right hand. This is when I was born. I was cute and adorable and a very chubby baby, okay? You move on. You move forward. I'm growing up, I'm a toddler, around, I don't know, I'm very bad at judging time, and I don't know when I'm going to heaven. So we're going to say about right here, about right here I am seven years old, okay? This is whenever I had an encounter, and I gave my heart to Jesus as a seven-year-old. It was awesome. So this little part of my life drastically changed. This part of the rope is now much different than that part, even though it looks the exact same. Roll with me. It has been encountered now. Okay, move forward. I am, let's see. I'm not going to try to judge that because I'm just wasting time. Um, I was 12 years old. I remember being in my youth group, and I decided I didn't want just Jesus in my heart, but I wanted to dedicate my life to him and to really live for him. Okay, encounter. It, all these things could go on and on and on and on, all the way to the very end because that's what life is. Now, I am including my friend Kobe in this now because guess what? If you're in my life, you're in my life. There's no getting out of it. So your life includes, come here, friends, I'm just going to wrap you however you want. 
Your life has friends included, okay? I'm really sorry. This is going to be hard to get out of because, you know, we're friends. <laughs> and it includes, come here, Reese. It includes family, okay? Your life, family is also entangled in your life. You can just hold that because I kind of did a really weird thing. Okay, and then, can I borrow you, Ms. Sharon? And Tyler, can I borrow you too? We have, now, you are not an acquaintance, but for this example's sake, I'm going to say you're acquaintance. Okay, I'm just going to do your arm. You have acquaintances, you know, people that you see at the bank randomly, your normals, the regulars, the lady at the grocery store, people that know you, but you may not be super close to. Then you have new people that you're going to run into and fall in love with because they're so rad. Okay, your life includes people. They get trapped up. I got you guys now. You're my friends for life. They are included in your life, okay? Now, I want you to pay attention because as you travel through your life and you have encounters, guess what? They have a front row seat. They're tied up. They're in your life. They've got the best seats in the house to watch the encounters that you go through. And not only how awesome they can be, but how you handle it. You see where I'm going? So your encounters don't just affect you. They affect everyone around you. Can we give my beautiful volunteers a wonderful hand? Thank you. Thank you for being a part of my life in so many ways. <laughs> See, you're just stuck forever. I'm going to just leave my life there. I lay my, I lay my life at the altar today. <laughs> You've seen it yourself. <laughs> okay. Your life has incredible opportunities for encounter. Now, I am not going to unwrap all of this, but for comparison's sake, let's see if I can get this. This, hold on. Ooh. Will you hold that for me? This rope right here is that same rope, but in comparison to all of eternity, woo, you get eternity and you get eternity. <laughs> No, for comparison's sake, okay, that my life was really long a minute ago, right? And now look how short this could be compared to. Look how, how short life is. Now, I'm not trying to contradict what I'm saying. I'm trying not to just compare. Life is short. Run with the encounters. Don't be afraid of them. Don't fear them. Grasp onto them. They're a treasure, Encounters with the Holy Spirit is a treasure. Encounters with Father God is a treasure. Encounters with Jesus is a treasure. I love eternity. It's just all over the room right now. This is so great. And I promise I'll clean up. <laughs> it's a treasure. It's so good. We have such a great opportunity to make a difference. Now, since it is the Testify series... I have such a sweet little yarn rope of eternity. Since it is a testify series, I'm going to share a couple of testimonies about encounters. And I will be so fast because we really want to have a time at the end to just bring an impartation of encounter and to just say yes to what he has today. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he wants something so special for you. He wants to encounter you, each and every one of you individually. Say me. He wants to encounter me. Come on, say it like you mean it. He wants to. Boom. I won't do a mic drop because I'm not done, but it could be inserted there. Okay. Um, encounters with God can look so different. And you can, you can encounter Holy Spirit. I loved, loved, loved Nicobe's message. That's literally my son Gavin all the time. Anyone who knows him knows he literally 
buckles up Jesus with him all the time too. So it made my heart so happy. You have encounters with the Holy Spirit. You have encounters with Father God. You have encounters with Jesus. Because they are all in one, but they are also different and so special and so precious in their own ways. So I encountered God as Father, God as Papa, actually, incredibly so. I mean, so many times. You know, my, my, my greatest encounters, I'm not even going to share because I would literally be up here bawling my eyes out. They're the ones that happen at home when no one sees. They're the ones when I'm on my face in my room or when I'm driving or when I'm sitting at my piano and I'm weeping. Those are the encounters. Those are the, those are the gold ones. I'm going to share my silver ones right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're pretty gold, too. All of them are gold. I experienced God as, as father, as papa, last year when I was actually getting ready for Gavin's birthday party. As strange as that sounds. Um, I made the stupid decision to plan his birthday on a Sunday, which for anyone who does anything in church ever knows that is a terrible idea because you are exhausted Sunday after church and your mind is just not in it. So here we are this whole week leading up to Gavin's birthday. And I... <laughs> I was so stoked to celebrate my son. I mean, we waited four years for him. I was so excited that he finally was born, and now celebrating his fifth year of his life. And so we threw a huge Mario party, and it was so fun. It was a blast. I loved it. I spent a lot of time trying to really celebrate him and and do the things he wanted to do. In that, though, I'm going to be very honest and very vulnerable, and I hope I don't get fired. I did nothing for Sunday that whole week. Literally, I did nothing crossed my mind about service. I was only concerned about celebrating my son. And I remember it was Saturday night. <laughs> this is sketchy. I was not going to share this. <laughs> it's Saturday night and nine at night, hours until church was going to start. And I had not put any thought into church whatsoever. I love you with all of my heart. Know this. And so give me an umbrella of grace and an umbrella of mercy. I remember I sat at the piano and it hit me. I was like, oh, no. Tomorrow's Sunday. Tomorrow is church. And I had this overwhelming guilt fall over me like I've never felt in my life. I felt like I was letting God down so much. I was like, he's going to hate me. I did nothing for him. All these things. I was feeling just guilt, 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 guilt. And all of a sudden, I remember I was sitting at my piano and I was crying. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I got distracted. I'm so sorry I didn't put any priority in this effort. And all of a sudden, I kid you not, I felt Ah, I'm not going to cry. I felt the Lord come and physically hug me. I felt his warmth, and he hugged me. And you know what he said? He said, I care about Gavin's birthday, too. And that may sound cheesy, but immediately I felt the heart of the Father because he loves Gavin, too. And he wanted to celebrate Gavin. Just like I did. So there was no shame. There was no condemnation. There was no guilt. Because love wins over works all the time with Father God. Because that is his heart. And immediately, within an instant, he gave me the entire set list, the entire chord charts, everything. I'm not even kidding. It was like three minutes and I had the whole service down. I was like, this is incredible. I will not do that again on purpose. But it was incredible. I felt the Father's heart. Like I have never felt before. It is easy. It is so easy to get caught up in works. Whether in ministry or not, it is easy to get caught up in what you can do for God and not how much you love him and not your relationship. I remember I encountered God as healer for the first time whenever I was, I think I was about... 
13, I remember, is that we had an evangelist come in from Australia. And it was a night service. No one really wanted, I'm like, my family. No one really wanted to go because it was a night service. And it's like, you know those moments when you don't want to go and Holy Spirit just actually drags you there? And he's like, oh, no, you're going. And you just are drawn there and you just show up. It was one of those nights. And I remember... He had, uh, he had been calling up, doing this, a lot of prayer ministry, a lot of healing. And he had asked if anyone had any back problems. And I don't know, did he specifically ask about herniated discs, Mom? No, he just had back problems. And my mom, right after my baby brother was born, had gotten into a, a car accident. A guy came and T-boned, he ran a stop sign and T-boned him, T-boned them. And she had herniated discs in her back. And so right after my baby brother was born, it was really hard watching my mom not be able to, like, pick up her baby all the time and do all the things she wanted to do. That's hard. I mean, especially when you're a nurturer. And I know all y'all are a nurturer in one way or another. You're not fooling me. (laughs) So I remember so many times my mom had gotten prayed for, different times, different services. You know, this was, like, six years after that had happened. And I remember... In the, in the back of my mind, I was like, I really hope she goes up. Because it took a while. But she did. She went up. I was sitting over here with my friends on, on our little friend aisle. You know, whenever you're in middle school, you have a friend aisle. It's not cool to sit with your parents. So, you, sit, you know, all the church kids in the house are like, yep. So I remember sitting over here with my friends, and I was like, I really hope she goes up. And she does. And he's like, oh, cool. He's like, sweet, you, you. Okay, we'll just come, come sit down. So she comes, and she just sits on the front row. He's like, you could just, just stay there for a minute. She sits there. And he keeps going on praying for people. My friend's dad was paraplegic. He got healed. Crazy stuff was happening. And I look over, and my mom's still just sitting on the front row, not getting prayed for. I was feeling a little fleshy. Like, that's my mama. Go put your hand on her and pray for her right now. <laughs> he doesn't touch her. And he keeps coming. You okay? You okay? Oh, okay. You good. And then he keeps doing his thing. Well, then all of a sudden, he comes back to her. He's like, hey, how you feeling? She's like, what? He's like, how are you feeling? Do you feel better? She's like, Oh, my goodness. What? He's like, the Lord's healing you. God's healing you. He didn't have to put a hand on her. He didn't have to go through some ritual. He didn't have to do anything crazy. She literally came because she was expecting something. She said yes. She took action, even though many times before she had taken action with no results. But today was her day. She got results. I remember she stood up. He's like, do something you couldn't do before. She starts touching her toes and doing jumping jacks and running around the room. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my mama. I'm telling you, crazy. I encountered God as healer. It wasn't even my healing, y'all. What did I tell you about? Getting tangled up in that rope. I encountered God as healer, and I knew that moment. If God can heal my mom, then I know he can heal me. Come on, parents. Listen, don't allow hurt or pride or fear or anything like that to rob your kids from impacting encounters like that. My mom could have said, oh, I've been prayed for every service. Anytime there's a healing call, I've gone up there with nothing. I'm not going to go. She could have said when we were trying to get out of going, oh, no, you're right. Let's just stay here and do whatever at home. But she said yes. And because of that, my life was completely changed because of her encounter. Come on, testify Today, her encounter changed my life, and I had an incredible foundation of faith built for who God was as healer. I remember that, that moment whenever, whenever we had first gotten married, and God had given me a very clear promise, such a clear promise, that I would be a mother and we would have babies. 
And I remember whenever the doctor said that I couldn't have babies. And I remember the pull from my spirit and my flesh and the fight that there was because I wanted to listen to what the doctor said because I was frustrated. Year and year and year went by. And still no baby. And still no promise. And still no fruit. But I remembered, if God can heal my mom, God can heal me. If God promised me a family, I can, I can bank on that because he's good. And so four years later, here comes my little miracle baby, Gavin. I encountered God as healer. I encountered God as promise keeper. I encountered God as faithful. Because he wants to encounter us as a friend. He wants to encounter you. I encountered God as deliverer. Right over here. Right over here in this spot. I remember we had a guest speaker, Abner, come. And I'm sorry, I'm making you turn your head. <laughs> Charlie and I were unexpectedly in kids that night. Funny thing. We were in there. I missed the whole service. I remember I came in here. Everyone was up at the front with their hands raised. I was like, oh, man, something awesome is happening. And I remember... Leading up to it, the whole, that season, that entire season of my life, I felt so burdened. It was awesome. God continued to show up. This was just last year. But I felt burdened and overwhelmed. And I remember I came in here and I knelt right here in, let's see, there's, right here in this exact spot. I knelt down. Everyone was at the front and I just came here and I said, God, I said, I don't need anything special. I don't need someone to point me out and tell me anything. I just am overwhelmed and I need you. That's all I need. I said, I'm fine back here where no one can see me. I don't need to rush up. I don't need to get a specific word from him. I don't need to be called out. I'm just overwhelmed and I just need you. And I remember in that moment, Abner was at the front. He said, someone in here feels overwhelmed. Now, let me tell you. My flesh all of a sudden kicked right in and was like, oh, that's a very vague thing, Sarah. Everyone in the room is overwhelmed in one way or another. Don't steal that from someone. Let them go and get, you know, refreshed. You stay where you're at. That was my stinky flesh. And so I waited. I didn't do anything. I stayed back there. He's like, come on, someone's overwhelmed. Just raise your hand. We want to pray for you. Literally, no one in the room raised their hand. Are you kidding me? That's like the most... If I were to ask you right now if you were overwhelmed at all, I'm sure a lot of us would raise our hand because, I mean, goodness, I was overwhelmed at breakfast this morning. My mini-wheats did not have enough frosting on it, and I was very frustrated. Overwhelming for a pregnant woman, okay? <laughs> no, I remember I sat in the back. No one raised their hand, and I felt this peace come over me. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I raised my hand. He called me up. I got prayed for, and as he was praying for me, he was speaking out specific things that the Lord had been telling me for months that I had not told anyone. And he started praying and declaring these things, and I got wrecked, y'all. And then he started, huh? Oh, Jesus. He started praying. I'm not going to cry. He started praying over depression. And immediately, I remember I fell to the ground. I felt 
as I was falling, weight lifted off of me spiritually, weight lifted off of me physically. And I knew in that moment, as I encountered God as deliverer, that depression had left, that I was healed and I was delivered of depression. In a moment, in a moment. I didn't need prescriptions. I didn't need therapy. I needed Jesus. Come on, in a moment, I got to encounter God as deliverer. And it gets even better. Literally, that whole week afterwards, he kept, and my entire journal is full. It's crazy, you would laugh. But every single verse I was writing down in my journal talked about shouts of joy, shouts of joy, shouts of praise, shouts of praise. And I remember it was Sunday. <laughs> it was Sunday morning, and we had pre-service prayer. And Grant's like, this is Sunday after this deliverance. He's like, does anyone feel anything? I'm like, man, I just feel shouts of praise, shouts of praise. There's something about that. I don't know what's going on. Jericho, something's happening. And it was like literally not for anything. <laughs> it wasn't like for anything. We're like, okay, we're going to roll with it. He's so, he's so sweet and kind and patient with me. So we got in the service. Literally, worship starts. We get up there in an, in an instant. God's like, lift a shout of praise. It's like, it wasn't necessarily an opportune time as a worship leader for you to just randomly shout. But I did it. And in that moment, I encountered God as joy. Literally, I had been delivered from depression, but you know what happened? That shout, taking an action, moving forward, I encountered face to face the God who is joy. And you know what happened? He gave me a laugh. The laugh that you all know, because some of you make a fun of me for it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. He gave me this laugh that randomly comes up in worship or randomly comes up during prayer. Because you know what? He is a God who gives good gifts, and he wants to remind you of his encounters. He wants to remind you. Every time that happens, sometimes I don't even know that I'm laughing, y'all. But I remember, I'm like, oh, God, he is, he's deliverer. I encountered God as deliverer. I encountered God as joy. I encountered God as healer. I encountered God as friend. Oh. So I'm, I'm jumping right through. I'm going to get real through this real fast. I'm jumping through these practicals like, like the flash. Okay. Practicals for encounter, okay, to move forward. Don't make yourself unavailable, slash make yourself available. Believe it or not, those are two different things. You can make yourself unavailable. You can make your schedule so busy that you have no time. You can make yourself so unavailable emotionally that you can't connect to the heart of God. Not that he can't connect with you, but you choose not to connect with him because you've separated yourself so far. Don't make yourself unavailable. Make yourself available. If you can make time to eat breakfast in the morning, you can make time to get dressed. You have the power to make time. Oh. You hold the power in your hands. You can make time for things. Did you know that? Now, I'm learning this. I'm not a great time manager. I'm not. But I know how important encounter is with God. I know how important encounter is for me to move forward because it not only affects me, it affects everyone in my life. It affects my family. It affects my, my son. It affects our, our finances. It affects our friendships, everything, our community. Okay, I'm jumping through. Go in the flash. Two, ask God for encounters. Ask him. Too long without encounters, you guys. Going too long without encounters, then relationship ends up leading to routine. Relationship ends up leading to religion. If you don't encounter him, you just do the motions, then that relationship can go south real quick, as any, as any relationship can. How much more important, though? Make time. Come on. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Go for it. Number three, go for it. Do it. 
just do it. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, it, talks, it talks so much in the Bible about going in, coming out, going in, coming out. And I do not have time to touch on that a lot. But I want to say, when you go in, you encounter God. When you go into his presence, when you make a point to go in, look, oh, here we go. Another visual. Are you ready? I'm going in between these rows. And I can now encounter all of you face to face because I am choosing to go in down this aisle. Hello. Okay? Going out. You know what? I remember all your beautiful faces, and I'm going to carry them with me forever. When you go out, you manifest what he does. You take it with you to your friends. You take it with you to the store. You take it with you to your school. You take it with you to your family. Go in, you encounter. Going out, you manifest. You carry it. Oh, goodness. Okay, when there's encounter, document it. Write it down. Come on, even the Israelites had to do this. Because when, look at how much trouble they got into when they forgot. They got into big trouble when they forgot who God was and what God did for them. He literally instructed them to build boundary stones, boundary markers, to remember, this is what I did for you here. This is what I did for you then. So that they could not only go back and remember what God did, but the generations to follow would see those stone markers, those stone boundaries. Write it down. Forgetfulness is fertile, fertile ground for the enemy to come steal, kill, and destroy. Because it's, you have nothing to stand on. Write it down. I'm telling you, you got to document it. And last is, don't be afraid of the deep. Could you turn the lights down a little bit? Thank you. Don't be afraid of the deep. The greater encounters are in the deep. Whenever I was getting ready for this, Holy Spirit gave me just this incredible picture of encounters with him. And I hadn't ever really put this together with literally deep and then not deep. I want to think, think about this. Think about you're going, you're going to the ocean, okay? Incredible. We should all do it this summer. We need a giant church family trip to the beach. <laughs> you go to, an, to the ocean, okay, to encounter peace, tranquility, sunshine, the beauty of the ocean. Okay, now if you go on an ocean shore visit, you get up to the shore, sweet, you can tiptoe your toes in the water. You might see a crab or two, or maybe if you're lucky, a jellyfish. I've seen those before. And you get to see just the beauty of the ocean in general. And it's beautiful, and it's awesome, and it's the most wonderful thing that God has created except for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, in, my, in my opinion, am I allowed to say that? I love the beach, as you can tell. But do you know the difference between an ocean shore visit and a deep sea encounter? Think about that. In the deep, it's a whole new world you get to encounter. Things you never could even imagine. Crazy, crazy looking creepy fish. Ooh, no. But you know what? You also get to see the beauty. You get to see the coral reef. You get to see all these incredible things because you went deeper. You get to encounter a whole new world than just at the, at the surface. Okay, come on. Get what I'm saying. It's not just the surface. When you go deep, when you go deep, you get to encounter something totally different. Enough so to where people pay big money to go deep sea diving. They pay big money to go and experience this encounter of the deep. Okay? Oh, rabbit trail. It is costly. Deep can be costly. But it is worth it. It is worth it. The deep is, (laughs) 
literally, it's costly. People pay big dollars to go there. You know what else, though? It's literally something that people sit at home on their couch and watch and, and dream, oh, if I could only go there. Literally, we watch animal, animal, oh, my gosh, I can't talk, animal documentaries, BBC stuff all the time, deep sea adventure documentaries all the time. It's Charlie and Gavin's favorite thing. Literally, we sit there, we're like, oh, my gosh, that would be so cool to go there. Do you get where I'm going with this? Deep encounters. Some people are just dreaming about having deep encounters. They're dreaming about it. You have the opportunity when you know, when you know how to get there. You know how to get to the deep. You have an opportunity to go even deeper and deeper with who God is and what he wants to do. And to know him deeper. And sometimes because it's costly, sometimes because it's scary. Can you go on and, Charlie, can you turn that on just a little bit? Sometimes because it's scary, we just say no. Nope, not going to go there. I'm fine with the surface. I still get to see the beauty of God. I still get to see who he is. I still get to experience it. I can go walk in the waters of his love. I don't need to go deep. And sometimes God is so good. Well, he is so good all the time. I take that back. God is good all the time. And sometimes, because he is so good, he draws us into the deep. He invites us into a storm to pull us deeper. Think of like a ship that's being pulled out to sea during a storm. It gets further and further and further and further away from the shore because it can't control it because of the storm. Now this, roll, roll with me for a second. God loves you so much, each and every one of you so very much, that if a storm is what it takes to draw you close to him, then a storm is what he's going to bring because guess what? He'll bring you through it. Do you remember the storm whenever they saw Jesus walking on the water? Peter said, Lord, if it's you, then call to me. Call to me. I'll come to you. What did he do? He said, come on. Let's go. It's stormy. It's crazy. But I want you with me. And so he went. Yeah, Peter fell. But you know what? God didn't let him sink. Jesus did not let him sink and fall and, and drown and die and say, oh, sorry, I guess your faith was not good enough. He pulled him right back up. Peter gets a lot of garbage talked about him because he sunk. But you know what? He went for it. He did. He walked on the water with Jesus. Sometimes God will call you to the deep. He'll call you to the deep. He'll use a storm to draw you to the deep. Because he wants you to know him face to face. No one, not a single one of the apostles, not a single one of them knew Peter the way that Jesus, or that knew Jesus the way that Peter did in that moment because they had not walked on the water with him. They did not have that encounter to say, I know Jesus this way. Peter did. All of them had the opportunity. Every single one of them had an opportunity to walk on that water, but he's the one that said yes. He said, okay, it's stormy. I don't care. I'm going for it. Come on. Go to the deep. Those deeper places he's been drawing you to. Those deeper places he longs to take you so that you can see him as healer. So you can see him as deliverer. So you can see him as friend. So you can see him as father. That is his heart for you. He wants you. The God who created everything cares so much that if it takes a storm to get you to know him, he's going to bring you through a storm. And he will hold your hand. His strength. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. 
could say up and down every day, I, I can't go deeper because of this. I can't go deeper because of that. Man, he's calling you. Come out on the water. Come out on the water. Come out on the water today. So this is what we're going to do. Man, his, he's already brought so much encounter this morning. I'm so stoked. This morning, I just, I want, we're going to open up the altar. We're going to come and just really ask God, just those things. We're going to ask him to come and encounter us this morning. So I'm going to ask you, if you've ever, if you've met, if you made yourself unavailable to him, or if you've gone too long without encounter, maybe you've forgotten and you need to set a boundary stone to remember and to move forward. Come on, we're going to come and encounter him today. Maybe you're in the storm. Maybe you're in the middle of the storm. Maybe you need to encounter him in his perfect strength as he's longing to show you. And you need to just say yes and take action and get out of the boat. Get out of the chair and come up to the altar and say, God, I need to encounter you. I want to encounter you. I'm asking to encounter you. Or maybe you just want to go for it. Maybe you're ready to go in so that you can leave today. So you can leave today to carry out and man manifest that encounter that he has for you. Some of you, even, even right now, we don't even have to get up and start worshiping. Even just now, if you guys are hungry for encounter with him, if it's been too long, if you're ready to just go for it, I encourage you, just come on up to the front right now. We're going to just spend time. We're going to encounter him. We're going to pray for you. And more so than that, even better than that, is he's going to encounter you today. I know this because he told me. His heart today is that every person, every heart in the room would encounter him today. Every heart in the room would encounter him today. That every heart would encounter him because he's so good. He wants you so much. He wants you so much. He wants you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, right now we, we give you glory. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you long to encounter us and that you seek us out face to face as a friend. We thank you that you call to us and that you long for us and you want to encounter us, Jesus. So right now, God, right now, right now, Lord, would you encounter, would you come and touch every heart, every heart, God, that you would come, you would come and touch individually, Lord, right now, right now, Lord, right now, right now. Come on, come on, just cry out to him. Ask him, ask him. Ask him. 